good to see you this morning. I'm not worthy of all that. I, um, I do have a face for radio, and the, the things about uh, getting my hair cut, John McQuarrie did help me through that, and so I, I appreciated that. And uh, I found, though, that, listen, this is low maintenance. Low maintenance. They ran a sale on uh, shampoo and combs right after I got mine shaved down, but anyway, that's okay. Uh, but anyway, good to be with you. We've, um, I said we and Anita and I, we've been looking forward to this for several months now and uh, just excited about uh, this week and uh, having Anita here and having my daughter Megan here and Ray Ray, my grandbaby. She's standing up back there so you everybody can wave at her. But anyway, uh, it's just uh, good to be back home, good to be back in the rock. And uh, I just give God the praise for that. Some of my best friends in the whole world are right here in Rockcastle County, and I mean that with all my heart. And so, uh, anyway, I know we've got uh, dinner coming up pretty soon, and how many of you hungry? It's all right. I'm, I'm kind of getting there, and Kevin, thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Uh, if, if you'll say amen, I'll preach faster. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bibles, we'll get to the work today. Luke chapter 15. Luke's gospel. Excuse me, Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, and, and I am just honored to be here. I heard that clip and listened to that. Uh, Brother Don Staten was a friend of mine. And, and shortly before I went to Alabama, I was coming out of UK Hospital, and Brother Don was coming in to the hospital, and I was in that process of praying through and struggling. Hey, are we supposed to go to Alabama? And I remember we sat out in that big atrium there and talked, and he gave me a wise counsel. He didn't tell me what to do, but he listened and he gave me godly counsel. And, and I told Miss Donna earlier, I was so saddened when I'd heard the news about Brother Don. Love Brother Don. Anyway, glad, you, glad you're here today. We're glad to be here. Luke 15, and um, I'd like to read the first couple verses, and then we'll jump down to the story that we normally call probably the um, parable of the prodigal son. Right, and I want us to look at that today. Day's homecoming. Good time to come home. If you're away from the Lord today, good time to come home. If you're able to stand, let's stand again for just a moment to honor the reading of the Word of God. Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, starting with verse 1. says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And if you'll jump down to verse 11, Jesus tells three parables here. The parable of the lost sheep, parable of the lost uh, coin, and then the parable of the lost boy. Verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that follow to me. And he divided unto him his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he had come to, came to himself, he said, How many, of, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. 
But when he was yet a long way off, or a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this son, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. And we'll stop there. May God bless the reading of his word. Let's pray. Father, even now in this moment... Lord, would you just speak into our hearts. Father, we're thankful already. Just thankful. It's been a great day. Great day of singing and of scripture reading. Father, just of praising you. We give you praise. Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus who died for us and rose again. And Lord, this morning, would you speak to us, Lord? If there be one here today that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray this will be the time. Lord, I pray, Lord, for any believer... Lord, if we're not where we ought to be, not where we need to be, Lord, would you just draw us back to you, Lord, today? I pray, Father, uh, Lord, just for the needs. Lord, you know every need that we have. You know us better than we know ourselves. So, Father, and you promised to meet every need. So, Lord, this morning, would you just speak to your people? Give us ears to hear. Father, I pray for help in proclaiming your word. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. In my time of living in Alabama, and uh, I have learned something, that there is a, a great controversy down there. Um, it's usually, tr- they try to settle it in November, uh, the last Sunday of November, called the Iron Bowl. Uh, there's this great controversy between Alabama and Auburn, and, uh, and now, as close as we are to the Georgia line, we have a lot of Georgia fans. So I'll be honest, after yesterday's football game, I'm really glad I'm not home. I'm sure there may be something in my yard or on my fence uh, uh, promoting that Georgia ball team, uh, even where we live. But, but you know, I laugh sometimes because we often think about, well, are we a football school? I'm talking about the University of Kentucky, right? My son went to UK, and we, we still bleed blue. And, and uh, are we a football school or a basketball school? And, and sometimes I wonder, I'm not sure we're either one at times. But, but we do love basketball. And one of the greatest basketball players of all time, didn't play at UK, played North Carolina, was a number 23. Some of you may remember Michael Jordan. And uh, I know today we, talk, we could talk about LeBron, a lot of other great basketball players and things. But, but for me, Michael Jordan is uh, just the greatest of all time. I, I really believe that. He's the GOAT, uh, if you will. And, and the thing is, somebody went to see Michael Jordan play ball. And they said, you know, said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to even watch, I'm going to watch the game, but here's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to focus on Michael. And whether he's got the ball, and I'm sure he had the ball a lot, but whether he's got the ball or doesn't have the ball, I'm going to watch Michael. Whether he's shooting, whether he's setting a pick, whether he's moving without the ball, moving with the ball, whatever he's doing, I'm going to watch Michael. I say that to say, when we come to Luke chapter 15, most of us know this story And usually, and we'll look at it, usually our focus is on the prodigal, right? It's on the son. And yes, we need to see that. But today, I want us to to pay special attention to the father. 
You see, the father is the hero of this story. When we look at the father here, certainly is a great example for every dad here today and every parent here today. But when we look at this father and how the father responded and how the father acted in light of this rebellious son and in light of this older son, listen, it, it brings to mind and shows us what our heavenly father is like. May I remind you that Jesus told this story, and I wanted us to read the first couple of verses. It tells us why he told this story in the the other two parables. Because the Pharisees and scribes, verse 2, um, murmured saying, this man receiveth sinners and eats with him. See, see, the thing was, the publicans and sinners, the tax collectors, the, the harlots, the outcast of society, they were getting saved. That's how we'd say it, right? They were trusting Jesus. They were getting saved. And you would think that the religious folks would be tickled to death about that. <laughs> you would think they'd be, but they weren't. They they were murmuring. They were complaining. They were grumbling because these people were trusting the Lord. And so Jesus tells this story. And so as we look at the story, of course, the prodigal son represents the outcast of society. The prodigal son represents the publicans and the sinners. The older uh, son represents that of the religious leaders of the day. And so today I want us to think about this story and give you three things for those that are counting points this morning. Three things about this father. And here's the first one. Here's number one. He was approachable. Okay? This son, or excuse me, this father was approachable, and we see this, this younger son coming to him. If you go back to the scripture in Luke chapter 11, or excuse me, chapter 15, verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto him his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. So Jesus tells us that man had two sons. And the younger son comes to dad and says, Dad, basically, I want my inheritance. I'm ready. I'm ready to leave. He wanted two things. He wanted his inheritance and he wanted his independence. He said, you know, Dad, I'm, I'm checking out. I'm gone. I'm gone. And, and, and the amazing thing about this is that the dad actually did this. Now, different day, different time. And, uh, and so, you know, in, in our day and time, somebody needs money. You go down to the bank, go to ATM. Listen, this dad couldn't do that. And for his son to come to him, this was certainly very rude. This was something basically because they didn't divide up the inheritance to after, right, to after the father had died. And so by the son saying this, he's saying this to his dad. He's saying, Dad, I wish you were dead because I want what's coming to me. And you think about for this father that he has to go, and how's he going to get that money? How's he going to get the, the what, the one-third? I was trying to remember the exact number. Older son would receive more, younger son would receive less. How's he going to get that? Well, he's probably going to have to sell some cattle. He's going to have to sell some uh, sheep. He's going to maybe sell some land. He's going to have to have a flash sale, probably not going to get the best price because he's selling it in a hurry. But this father actually does what he said. Understand this parable. In the times of this, this would have never happened. 
Even the, fam- the town members, family members, when a son would be this rude and rebellious to his father and to demand this, this would have never happened. And so Jesus is telling us, listen, what God does is absolutely amazing. Amen? Think about this. I don't know about you. I don't know when you were saved. I was saved when I was nine years old. And I, but I got kind of rebellious as a teenager and, and, and wandered away from the Lord. Think about it in our own lives, the times we rebel against God. We go against God, yet God is patient with us, isn't He? God is gracious to us, isn't He? God is good to us, isn't He? You know, so many times to think about the goodness of God, and and so so we see here the Father actually gives the Son what what He wants. Let Let me say, if I may, just a word for any that may have rebellious children. Oh, rebellious grandchildren, what do you do? What do you do in, in that time? Well, we could take a good cue from, from this dad. First of all, listen, we can pray for him. Now, we don't hear this dad praying because he represents the father, but, but we can pray, right, for him. We can commit them to the Lord, right? We can be compassionate toward them, right? And then we can, this is the hardest, wait, wait, and let God deal with hearts, that's hard to do, isn't it? It's hard to do, but, but certainly uh, it's a good word for us of how this father and how he responds when this son comes to him. So let's, let's read on in the story. The father, first of all, was, uh, he was approachable, and this son could come before him. Let me just say this to you today. Wherever you are, wherever you are, listen, you can come to the Lord. He loves you. He cares for you. He provided a way of salvation for me and you through his son, Jesus. Amen. Isn't that good to know? Amen. Amen? Now listen, we got a few days together. Now if you let me, I'll do all the talking, that's for sure. But it goes much better. Listen, I, I want to encourage you. It's okay to say amen. My, our, uh, our, our church, we have a traditional service and we have a contemporary service. And, and uh, our contemporary service is led by, our worship pastor is the uh, son of a a Pentecostal or Congregational Holiness preacher. And so to say that sometimes we get with it is an understatement. But anyway, and so you understand I'm coming from that uh, a little bit today. So, uh, but anyway, so let's read on in our story. Um, and so we see then verse 14, verse 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he, would have, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. <laughs> you know, when you think about this story, uh, you think about, listen, it, it, and the Bible says, is it okay if I come down here? Is that okay? Is that all right? I'm not hearing a no, so I'm coming up. Uh, you know, you hear this story a lot of times, and we think about, uh, come down here, keep Roger and straight. <laughs> Here's a young man, you know, he, he, it says riotous living. So, he's, so he has gone off and he spent all his money, right, on everything. And so when his money ran out, his friends ran out. <laughs> I'm sure what friend, friends, right, they're gone. And so he's, he's so hungry, he's, he's got to find him a job, and he goes and he hires himself to this man, uh, that, probably no doubt a Gentile, that, is, that is, uh, has hogs, right? And, and, he, and he's feeding the swine, he's feeding the hogs. I don't know if, you, how many of you ever slopped the hogs? Anybody ever slopped the hogs? And, and so 
he's slopping hogs. Now, we may not think that much about that. You know, we think, well, that's, you know, maybe not the pleasant job, but it's, it's, it's okay. But, but for a, a Jewish boy, a Jewish boy, this was the bottom of the barrel. You couldn't get any lower than this, that unclean animal of swine. And he's, he's not only feeding the hogs, but listen, he's, he's hungry for what they're eating. Now, I don't know if you've ever slopped a hog, but I've never really been, you know, tempted by what they were eating. But he is. That's how hungry he is. I've never been that hungry, but he is. He's reached the bottom of the barrel. And, 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 and we're going to see this in just a minute. He kind of comes to himself. Sometimes God, uh, listen, sometimes God allows us to get to rock bottom because the only place to look is up. Some of you might be there today. You might be at a place in your life and you're thinking, man, it can't get any worse. Don't ever say that because it can't. But you might be in a place thinking, you can't get any worse. I don't think I can go any lower. Why is God allowing this to happen? All those thoughts that come in our mind. And maybe, listen, I believe God is sovereign. He's over all and he's got you right where he wants you to be. <laughs> I don't have time to share it in, uh, this morning about an experience of my life, but I got pretty scared. I tell them down in Alabama, scared is one thing, scared is a whole other level. Amen? <laughs> yeah. But the Lord has a way of getting our attention, doesn't He? Verse 20. And it says then, or excuse me, let me backtrack. He says, uh, and when, and verse 17, verse 17. It says, and when He came to Himself, He said, how many... Hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no, uh, no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Now, I want you to go back to verse 17. If you have your Bible, it says, when he came to himself. Let me, let me just say, he, it was like, you ever had that moment in your life where suddenly you're like, how did I get here? C.S. <laughs> Lewis. Speaking of his conversion, he said it was like I suddenly woke up, right? And I've been there even certainly when I got saved, that was a time too. But even, even since that time, there have been those aha moments where the Holy Spirit of God dealing with your, our hearts and suddenly we're like, how did I get here? How did I get in this place? How did I get this far from God? How did I get in this kind of lifestyle? How can I be doing that? All those things. Well, he came to himself. He woke up in the hog pen, right? And then notice something else, verse 17. He says, and he came to himself. He said, how many, he said, he said, who's he talking to? Yeah, he's talking to us too. That is right. And he may be talking to the hogs, right? I'm not sure the hogs were listening, but he's talking to, I think somebody, he's talking to himself. Any of you ever talk to yourself? Come on, fess up. Harry Harmon, I loved him. He was like a dad to me. Harry Harmon told me this one time, I've never forgotten it. He said, it's okay to talk to yourself as long as you don't answer yourself. No, here's why, I, I, I got it wrong. Here's why, he said, it's all right to talk to yourself as long as you don't say, huh? That's what Harry said. I'll get it, I'll get it right in a minute, I misquoted. Yeah, as long as you don't say, huh? 
And that might reveal a greater issue. And, but anyway, we'll, uh, we'll go on. But, but the point is, he did some talking to himself. I remember the day I got saved. I remember the preacher was preaching about going to heaven. And, and I knew by the Holy Spirit I had sin in my life. I was convicted of my sin. And I remember saying this about trusting Jesus. I said, I've never done that. <laughs> I've never done that. I've never trusted him. And at that moment, I realized I was lost. Listen, some of you today, you might need to do some talking to yourself. Where are you? Or as they'd say where I come from, where are you at? <laughs> where are you at spiritually? Where are you at with the Lord today? And he begins to talk to himself. How do I, how do I get to this place? How did, I, how did I get so far from God? How did I get in this place where I quit reading my Bible? I don't pray anymore. How did I get to this place where I hardly ever go to church anymore? How did I get to this place where I don't share my faith anymore? How did I get to this place where I'm not excited about, about what God has done in my life? How did I get to this place? Amen? And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough? And despair, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And verse 20, and he arose. <laughs> see, see, here's the thing. It's good to talk to yourself. It's good to take inventory. It's good to see where you need to be. But there comes that time that you have to, you have to do something. See, for some of you today, and I heard Brother Don say that on that tape, that's exactly right. For some today, and this happens every Sunday, and I've been guilty of it, you'll walk into church and the Holy Spirit deal with your heart about something, and you know what you ought to do, but you'll walk right back out that door just the way you came in. And you can do that all week. I've been a Christian a long time, and I know how to play church, and I don't say that braggingly, but I can play church, and a lot of you can too. We know the lingo, but I'm going to tell you, did, listen, is there something missing in your heart today? Church, listen, is, 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 there, is there something stirring that God is dealing with you about today that you've been maybe putting off or putting aside? What's going on in your life today? And, and I, just, I just bring that before you, the Holy Spirit. He'll do His job. Verse 20, and He arose and came to His Father. But he was a great way off. His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Listen, verse 20. I love verse 20. So here it is. He decides, you know what? I'm going home. I'm starving to death. I'm feeding the hogs. That slop even looks good to me. I'm in a bad, I'm in a bad place. And I'm going back to my dad. I'm just going to say, Dad, take me on as one of the hired hands. Take me on. And so he goes. He gets up and he goes. And that's what some of us need to do today. You need to take that first step and follow after the Lord. And so he comes. And notice it says his father saw him. Uh, uh, from a long way off, a far way off, his father saw him and, and, and had compassion on him. And, and that's the second thing. The father's approachable and he's a, he's a compassionate father, isn't he? And the word compassionate, if it's the same, but I didn't check it, but like when Jesus looked out over the crowds and they were, you know, helpless and harassed like sheep without a shepherd. Remember the passage there? Was it Matthew 10? I may be wrong on the passage, but the, it, it means literally to yearn from within. A yearning of the bowels. Yearn, a pity. Sometimes the word is translated pity. But, but this father, he sees his son a long way off. Now here's what, I'm, here's what I'm thinking. This would have never happened in this culture. When that boy left, he's as good as dead. I mean, considered dead. 
in this culture, understand, in the Jewish culture, if, he, he, if, he, if he's gone, you know what? The dad would say, okay, he, just, he didn't want to be my son anymore. He's gone. So, so, so this father, though, this father, what? He sees him from a long way off. You know what? You say, well, how did he see him from a long way? I think he was watching for him, don't you? Maybe every morning he gets up, makes his coffee. I'm not sure they drink coffee. Gets his coffee, goes out on the front porch. Wonder where my boy's at today. Wonder where my boy's at today. Boy, I sure wish he'd come home. What's he doing today? And then one day, one day, this day, this day, listen, he's looking or he glances up on the horizon and there's somebody coming. And man, it's, he's had a tough time, no doubt. It probably wasn't a, I mean, he's, he's coming. He's, and he thinks, who is that? Wait a minute, I, I know, I know that, I know that walk. I know that walk. That's my boy. That's my boy. And what does the dad do? Now get on out of here, boy. He doesn't say that, does he? You had your chance. Go on. The boy deserves that, but he didn't say that, did he? What? It says what? He had compassion on him. Look at verse 20. Oh, it's a great one. He said, he had a great way off. His father saw him, had compassion, and, and what? What did he do? He, somebody tell me, what did he do? He ran. People of rank and wealth in the Jewish community did not run. Somebody else can run for you. <laughs> so this father ran. See, it's important to see that. It's because, look, this father represents our heavenly father. Remember, the religious leaders, they were murmuring. Why? Because the harlots, the tax collectors, they're getting saved, right? And they don't like it. But Jesus was saying, this is a reaction of the father. He ran to him. That God runs to you and to me. Listen, I heard someone say it. I'm probably going to misquote it. But listen, if you'll crawl to Jesus, he'll, toward Jesus, he'll walk toward you. If you'll walk toward him, he'll, he'll jog toward you. If you'll run or jog toward him, he'll run toward you. God, listen, wants your salvation and mine greater than we do, right? He provided a way for us to be saved and it's only through Christ that we can be saved. We really want to find the Lord. We can, right? But he ran, didn't he? He ran and, and fell on his neck. And, and that's the whole point. There's joy, isn't it? If you go back in the other, other parables, verse 7, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. More than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Uh, verse 10, likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. See, that's the thing. This father runs and falls on him and kisses his neck. Great. Uh, we, we read that and, and, um, and the son, he's not even able to finish all that he's rehearsed, right? And then look what verse 22, but the father said to the servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For the son, uh, my, this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Everybody's happy. Well, not everybody. Number one, I think the fatted calf is not real excited about this day. Let's mention that. But the older brother's not too happy either, is he? And so we read then, and I know we're about out of time, but look, it's verse 25. It says, Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh into the house, he heard music and dancing, and 
And he, he called, it probably wasn't Baptist, it was dancing. But anyway, and he called one of the servants and, and, and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother's come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he receiveth him safe and sound. And he was angry. He was angry. His brother has come home, but he's angry and would not go in. Therefore came, out, came his father out and, and entreated him. And he answering him said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou, thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, the Bible does not say that. See, that's what the older son thought was happening, didn't he? Thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, verse 31, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this our brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. You probably heard this, but I'm just going to say it, trying to wrap, wrap things up quickly here. There's two lost boys in this story, right? The, the prodigal son, the rebellious one, right? The rebellious one, sure. But there's another lost boy, the lost boy at home. See, because again, remember, Jesus is telling the story, the prodigal son represents the harlots, the publicans, you know, the folks that were getting saved, the outcasts of society. The, the older brother represents the religious leaders. And they didn't have a relationship with God either, did they? No, they were very religious, self-righteous, if you will, very religious, but they didn't have a relationship with God. Neither does this son. You know, he doesn't really have a relationship, does he, with his, with his father. Billy Graham once said this, I think it's true that probably our greatest mission field is probably in the church. There have been a lot of testimonies, maybe some of yours, of a lot of folks. I had two deacons in my first church, and both of them gave the same testimony. They both joined the church and then got saved later. <laughs> you know, it happens a lot, doesn't it? You know, thankfully they got saved, Right? Because there's sometimes there's people that, that, that can join the church. You can walk down an aisle and sign a card or get baptized and do all those things. And uh, the external part of that, shake a preacher's hand, whatever you want to mention, but never come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus said, you must be born again. And your name may be on this church roll or another church roll, but is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? And, and, and so we see there's... there's Two, really, there's three sons in this story. There's the rebellious son. There's the son at home that's lost. But then there's the son of God that's telling the story. See, the only way that we can be right with God in this is, is, is through Christ. And so what I want you to see about the father is that he was approachable, wasn't he? He was. Even in this son's rebellion, he was, he was approachable. He was, he was compassionate. When his son came home, you know, uh, the son didn't deserve to be taken back, but he did. And I'm thankful for God's compassion and grace and mercy. He was forgiving of this son. And, and we see that. And we start to realize that, you know what, I need God's forgiveness too, don't I? Um, and so this morning, here's where we're going to kind of wrap up today. Where, if I can use just vernacular that I know, where are you at? <laughs> where are you at this morning? He said, I'm right here in Bible Baptist Church. I'm in the rock. Well, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Where are you at spiritually today? No doubt this morning, there are many of you here, you know the Lord Jesus on your way to heaven. Hallelujah. I hope you'll stop today and just praise His name. Amen. 
There's some of you maybe here, I don't know, you know today and you know the Lord. You've been saved, but you're just not living where you know you need to be. I mean, listen, I've been there. And that's not a good place. If you're in that spot today, you're one of the most miserable people in the world. Because you know. You know what it's like to walk with the Lord, right? And, and, and if you're not there, it's miserable. I mean, it's miserable. And, and I just want to encourage you today, listen, we have a loving Father that will, that will receive you back if, if, if we will repent of our sins. I'm not talking about playing games with God. But if we're willing to repent, and the word means to turn away, right? Change your mind. If we're willing to turn away from our sin, change our mind about our sin, turn to the Lord. He's willing to forgive. And I'm glad, aren't you? I'm glad. And there may be some of you, someone here today that you, you may not know the Lord. You know, you might be a member of a church, and, um, but you've never been born again. Oh, listen, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. And I don't know where everybody fits in all that, but the Holy Spirit does. And you do. You do today. And, and we're getting ready to have an invitation here in just a minute. And, and you know, I know today's homecoming. And can I ask this? Isn't it, isn't it time to come home? <laughs> Amen? Isn't it time just to come home to the Lord? You know, we think about revival coming up starting tomorrow night, Lord willing. You know, and, and revival just means come to life again. Can you think of a better day with the Lord than today? Just think about that in your own mind. Can you think of a time that you were happier, more joyful, more excited about the Lord than you are today? And if you can, then you know what? You stand in need of revival. You know, sometimes, uh, I tell our folks this a lot, if we could get, you know, uh, half as excited as we do about our ball teams, about the Lord, can you imagine what church would be like today? Now, I know coming off yesterday's loss, that might have been tough, but I'm just saying. But you understand what I mean by that, right? We'll get excited about everything. And then <clears throat> but when it comes to the Lord, we oftentimes, you know, won't say too much. So let's bow our heads together as we prepare for a time of invitation and as our musicians come and folks to lead us in this time. I know everybody's getting hungry, but can I just ask you for just a moment? Would you just be real? Be real with God. You don't owe me a thing. You don't owe me a thing, but would you just be real with the Lord this morning? And if you're here this morning, right now, and you would just say to me, Eddie, listen, I just wish you'd pray for me. There's just something going on in my heart, something going on in my life. I just would wish you'd pray for me. Would you just lift your hand up? I'm not going to point you out. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone upstairs? God bless you. Okay. Anyone else? Just something going on. Just wish you'd pray for me. All right. Sure will. And I will in just a minute. <clears throat> Maybe some others here this morning. Would you just say, Hey, Eddie, would you pray for me? I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. I'm not as close as I used to be, and in my heart right now, I just sense I need revival. Would you just lift your hand up? I've got my hand up. Anybody else? I've got mine up. Okay, amen. 
Amen. And let me just say this. If you didn't lift your hand, then I'm I'm assuming that you're as close to Jesus today, closer than you've ever been. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So anybody in need of revival, just lift your hand up. Anybody? Amen. Thank you. And I want to pray for us in just a minute. And would there be anybody else this morning that you're here and God's dealing with your heart and you believe Jesus is the Son of God and that He died for your sins on the cross and rose again. And you believe He is the only way to be saved. And you want to know Him as your Lord and Savior. Would you just lift your hand? Would there be anybody here? God bless you, young man. God bless you. Okay? Would there be anybody else? You just say, Hey, I, I want to know Jesus, or maybe we want to know more about Jesus. Okay, no, no high pressure sales here. Okay, all right, amen. Well, for that young man and anyone else, listen. If you'll just ask Jesus to come into your heart and forgive you and save you, you know He's willing to do that. I encourage you to talk to you, to your dad and your parents there, and we'll talk. Okay, all right, amen, amen. So let's pray. Right now, we're in this moment. A moment and a time for us to act upon the Word of God. We've got a Father that loves us. He's approachable. He's compassionate. He's forgiving when we repent and come to Him. And He'll do that for you. Oh, listen, just talk to Him. Father, right now, I thank You, Lord, for, for these, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank You, Lord, for Your Holy Spirit who indwells us as believers. And Father, even now, I pray for those that have indicated, Lord, just with an uplifted hand, there's some things going on in their lives. And Lord, You know. So Father, would You just minister to hearts? Father, would You meet needs? Would You remind us of Your presence and of Your promises, Lord? So Father, whatever that might be, Lord, would You just... uh, Uh, Lord, just uh, bring comfort and assurance to Your people. Father, I do pray for for others, Lord, that just may indicate, Father, that maybe we're just not as close to You as we used to be. Father, we just need a fresh touch from You. And so, Lord, would You help us to deal with our sin, to repent of it, to turn to You. Father, just to allow You to have all of Your way in all of our lives all the time. Lord, so right now, would you just again remind us of of your love for us and your promise to forgive. Thank you for your grace and your mercy of not treating us as we deserve. And Lord, I just pray for this young man that raised his hand, Lord, that you're dealing with his heart about trusting Jesus and maybe others here, Lord, that just, just need to hear. And Lord, just give them that boldness to trust Christ even now. So, Father, bless this time of invitation. Lord, just um, have your way, and we'll give you the praise. In Jesus we ask it. Amen.